0: Hi, I'm Liam Ford, founder and CEO of the Zone, and welcome to the Zone Way Podcast. The Zone Way Podcast is a deep dive with my guests into leadership and organizations. It reflects our work together over the last 25 years in more than 35 countries. My guests bring the richness and authenticity of lived experience that ripples beyond textbooks, into our everyday lives, illuminating the challenges, the celebrations, successes and failures we will all face. The Zone Way is a philosophy, a methodology, and a set of tools to create enlightened leaders and enlightened organisations. Welcome and enjoy. Hey, uh, welcome Anna to the Zone Way podcast. A very special guest, Anna Campbell. And, Hi. And uh, yeah, we're we're in Aotearoa, which is New Zealand. For those that don't know us from our international audience, and. You're in a place called Northcote Point, right, which is beautiful.
1: Yeah, it is. Hi, Liam. So nice to talk to you. Yeah, it's a beautiful spot, and I'm looking out over the oceans and bush and boats, so it's a pretty spectacular view for me today.
0: Yeah, so for all of those listeners that are jealous about living in New Zealand, come here. It's fantastic. We need people, and uh, I think the borders are opening soon. So on (laughs) on the other side, (laughs) of course, I think... I think when we first met was probably about five years ago and you were like chief people, chief customer officer for the warehouse group, which is New Zealand's biggest retailer. And where we really bonded was on like purpose. Like I know you've always been, you know, a real, a real advocate of purpose and people and customer, but not, not de-linking them. Like, and, uh, We had a fantastic time creating the values and the purpose for the warehouse, didn't we? It was like awesome. So tell me, because you were an unusual fish because you really got that commercial side of, you know, the people, customer and purpose thing and like how that all fits together. So tell us a bit about that because that's what I'm, you know, that's what listeners are really interested in, like people that are doing things differently and integrating rather than siloing things.
1: We did have fun. It was awesome working uh, with you, Liam. It was very special because what you guys bring is a real ability to bring out the best in an organization. And in relation to your question around why purpose, I think there's so much change going on in the world, and people really think that they're struggling with change, and organizations are in a state of constant change. The reality is that I think people are really good at change, they deal with change all of the time. What they Mm. struggle with is uh, ambiguity and uncertainty. So when you're a leader, if you can work in an organisation and create a real sense of clarity around what are we here to do, what is the difference that we're trying to make, what do we stand for that makes us stand out and be different from other organisations, then that can really connect people at both a heart and mind level and help mm. them with that ambiguity. So purpose is just so important to get the best out of your people and to help them flourish while they're doing fantastic work. And when you're very clear on that purpose, then it helps to lead in a way that creates an exceptional people experience because ultimately the people in the organization are the connected with the customer and they're the, the people are going to bring the strategy to life. So you can have the most beautiful strategy on a page but if your people don't understand what it's about and why they're trying to deliver it then it's not going to get executed well so creating that sense of purpose then creating an experience where people can flourish directly impacts the customer because people who are performing well are going to perform and understand the purpose are going to deliver exceptional customer experiences and then clearly that delivers the commercial results that you need if you uh, try and deliver the commercial results without those other factors. Then, yes, you can do that in the short term. But actually, I'm much more interested in about sustainable growth and sustainable profitability and making a difference for the um, for the world and for the people in it. Mm.
0: So it's 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 like making an impact, but doing it you know through your people, your culture, your customer purpose. Yeah,
1: correct. Yeah, yeah. And so many so many people measure performance on task and actually I think there's a huge conversation that you can have around measuring impact and value rather than initiative and task because if you really focus in on the impact that you're having and the value that you're delivering and you give people in your organisation permission to work in that way you deliver much better results and they get much more focused on how can I improve what I'm doing, how can I really listen to the customer and understand what they need so that I'm delivering value for that customer, which then helps to generate the growth and profitability in an organisation. And you're doing it through your people instead of you having to do it all yourself as a leader.
0: Mm. So that's really interesting because, you know, oftentimes you'll talk to people who are just, "Hey, hey, I look after the people right, <laughs> and you, know, you have that silo sort of mentality, but what you've done and what I've always seen stand out for you is that commercial side, like how do we, you know, optimise that from a commercial lens point of view, as you say, impact and value, like it mm. just, just makes sense for me, but it doesn't, you know, it's not, not necessarily common sense.
1: Well, when it's not a country club, like organisations are there to deliver a financial result, and it's the reality of business. I think the Mm. things that make great businesses stand out is the ones that commit to doing that in a way that best serves their customer and best serves their people and their community at the same time. And more and more, you know, great talent are demanding that from organisations as well. But if you stop and think about yourself, would you rather work for an organisation that only wants to deliver a financial result or an organisation that wants to be hugely financially successful while doing good in the world as well and looking after its people and looking after its customers. And I think um, all great talent is going to choose the latter every time. And there's talent shortages and we've got a lot of concern about the great resignations. So um, thinking holistically is one of the most important leadership traits, I think, that you can have in understanding what your role is as a leader. And unfortunately, a lot of people still think that that leadership role is a, a right and a power when actually I think leadership is much, much harder than that. Uh, So it's a responsibility. And when you move into a leadership role, you need to be able to think in that holistic way, but you also uh, need to be able to give up a lot of control and a lot of power because the good leaders these days are achieving those results through the people. And when you transition from being a really high performer In a role where you're um, delivering outputs to delivering outputs through people, you have to operate really differently. And so your role becomes much less about having the answers, telling people what to do, knowing everything, being fully in control to... Giving other people opportunities to really flourish and perform well, to being curious, to being a great listener, and to being more of a conductor and a facilitator of other people's great work. And I think that people that can transition into that sort of state as a leader, by far, going to get better long term sustainable results for business because they're not doing it alone; they're doing it through their team.
0: Mm, mm. So you know, sort of drilling down on that a little bit, like how does how does Leadership then impact culture because I know that's something that's really really big for you. I mean, it's a fairly obvious question in one way, but there's there's a lot. I know there's a lot of subtleties to it, and there's there's the right way and wrong way to go about it.
1: Yeah, it is a simple question, and then it's really complex at the same time. If we break it down, to me, culture really simply put is just how you get things done in an organisation, and that can be hard, or it can feel really easy and exciting in an organisation. And leadership has such a big impact on that. So if I use a scenario perhaps to demonstrate what I mean, you know, I love stand-ups. I love uh, leaders that get their team together, help people understand what's going on, and then give people Um, the ability to go on and crack into their work without being too interfered with take one leader they stand up in the morning they talk at the team they tell them what's going to be done they tell them how it's going to be done and they tell them when it's going to be done by and they think great done a great job take the second leader where they take the time they talk about what it is we're trying to achieve what's the purpose why is it important and then let the people decide how they're going to deliver that piece of work within the constraints of what's required. You know, that is creating a, a, an environment and a culture where you have layers of leadership and layers of autonomy. So layers of people focused on delivering the outcomes that, and the impact that the organisation going to have rather than it all sitting with the leader owning everything. Now, the first scenario is really easy, right? You feel like you personally are achieving things and you're dictating how it's going to be done. The second scenario creates a much more challenging environment and culture where you will have people challenging how you think and people taking autonomy for their work. But as a leader, you run the risk that if it goes wrong, that's on you. If it goes right, that's on them. And that's the bit around leadership and culture that I think is just so important to get your head around. When you go into a leadership role, celebrating success, you're giving that celebration for the work that other people are doing. But if it goes wrong, you own that. And if you operate like that and you create a culture where you really encourage teams to focus in on the customer, understand the purpose, what they're about, but then to have an environment where they can challenge, have strong views and have input into how and where and when and what they do to deliver value, then you have an environment where people feel safe to challenge and you'll get a much better outcome for the customer and for your business by creating a culture where people can effectively operate with deep trust, which I know is a really loaded word, but you know, by trust I mean clarity, ability to have a robust conversation around people, customer, profit and can you execute and you get really much better results Mm. as a result of it
0: and and before we jumped on the podcast we talked about this thing called a a Mm, mm. (laughs) t-shape
1: that's right (laughs) like
0: the letter t-shape or capital letter t-shape so so and i know you're really passionate about that and can you enlighten us and enlighten the listeners what do you mean by t-shape
1: yeah absolutely so to me t-shaped is a set of skills that you build over time that uh, makes you be able to add more value to an organisation and I think organisations should be looking out for people with a T-shaped set of skills. So perhaps deep in one area where they've started and then they've built out skills across other areas as well. So for me personally, I've worked in the people space, the customer space, strategy, I've run P&L. So it gives you a broad view across an organisation and I would much rather have people in my team that have that combination of skills because it means that they're going to look at the work that they're doing differently and people who are ultimately curious and ask good questions and think about the answers to those questions in relation to the purpose and the impact they're trying to have to deliver your results are the ones who are going to do the work better for you and so i would really encourage people to be thinking how do i how do i use my innate curiosity to build my skill set and how as a leader do i help my team members to be less specialist and more generalist in the right areas. And so giving people opportunities through projects or on-the-job experience to broaden their capability means that you're going to get a better result for yourself, better thought processes from your team, often better delivery of work, but also you're more likely to keep your good talent as well because they're being stretched and challenged just by doing their work, which is really Mm -hmm. important to people. And so if if I link that back to the conversation around building trust and an opportunity for people to really feel like they can be themselves at work, that's key to getting Mm. the best out of people and helping them flourish. But for everyone that's worried about the great resignation and holding on to their talent, you know, people feeling that they can be themselves at work, belong at work, and that they're doing good work that's important, those are keys to keeping your great talent as well. But you want to keep them and grow them. And I know some people worry that they'll lose them if they grow them. And it's like, well, just treat them really well, grow them, and then help them get the best next role for them, whether that's with you or not, because ultimately they may come back. So you're better to grow and expand your people's horizon than hold them tight.
0: Right. That's, yeah, that's, that's great. And I know, um, I know, of course, because, you know, of my background in flow and neuroscience, mm, mm. that novelty is a really big f- trigger for flow. So, you know, when you get that stretch assignment, it's a, it's a bit of challenge. Yeah. It's novel, it's new. You have to dig in, you have to turn on all those learning centers, you know, and you stretch and grow. I mean, people come alive. I mean, they they feel really good. So I, I totally get it as a talent Retention strategy that if you do the right thing like that, like really put the effort in to grow your people, that's the best way for you to not lose people. (laughs)
1: Totally. But also to get good results for your business too. Yeah. Because you're rounding out how your people think. And if people can think in the round, then they're going to deliver much better results. So one of the favorite conversations I ever have with someone is when they come to me and they say, oh, I'm feeling really sweaty about being able to deliver this. I'm so outside my comfort zone. It's like, yes, now we're in the place where we're thinking creatively, where we're really challenging the constructs that we've created for ourselves, and we're going to get a better outcome because we're uncomfortable. Uh, I think dealing with challenge and ambiguity and learning as long as you can create a s- space where you know you can find the answer and you don't mm. have to find it alone, then you're going to deliver a really good outcome for an organization.
0: That's so good. That's so great. And then that's also, you know, I think that's what stood out when we met that you have, you live and breathe this T shape. So you have deep experience mm. in, in, in quite a few areas, but you also have that commercial breadth. So, you know, as you say, you know how to run a PL. You know mm-hmm. how businesses work, you know, and you're always talking about how do we impact and value, and that's yeah. so key for organizations today, particularly younger organizations that maybe not have the same level of experience that you've had because, you know, you've been you've been in this game for a long time. So what would be if you were talking to, and we'll come to your business later, you know, what you're doing mm-hmm. later, but if you were talking to like a group of entrepreneurs and they're, you know, they don't have any money, they've got a little bit of seed funding, you know, maybe they borrowed it from mum and dad or their uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or, yeah. You know.
1: And in fact, I'm living that dream with a couple of things I'm doing at the moment. So oh, I feel in pain. That <laughs> you know, I talk about liking being sweaty. I'm feeling a bit sweaty about funding too for some things. Yep.
0: Uh, oh, good. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that later. You never know. We might have someone listening that's, that wants to fund it. <laughs> but you know, oh, they're doing. They're doing. <laughs> they're driving Uber to earn extra money to keep themselves alive. So, mm-hmm. what's your advice for that sort of startup mentality, that sort of startup culture? You know, when you look back and you know, all the mistakes you may have seen or may have made, mm-hmm. etc. as you've said, what, what would you say to them? What, you know, what, what are the things that are important? I mean, obviously this T-shaped thing is really important. And yeah. what, are, what are the other things that you should say, hey, focus on the product of course, the tech and all that sort of thing, but don't forget this. What, what are those other things?
1: Uh, great question. So my first comment would be, it doesn't cost anything to talk to your people, get them clear on the purpose and help them feel really excited about what you're trying to do. That's free, but it has huge impact on the productivity of your team and their commitment and their willingness to give you discretionary effort. Second thing is if you orient around the customer, you're not going to go wrong. So it's not about the tech. It's about the value that you're driving for the customer and mm-hmm. whether you're providing something that they're going to use and that is going to make their world easier. So if you can nail that and have everyone in your organisation with a customer mindset, then you're going to deliver a better result as well. And the third thing is around the people experience. Again, it doesn't have to cost anything. Um, It's the little things. It's the thank yous. It's the I caught you doing something fantastic. It's the, hey, you know what, Your, your pet is sick, we care. Are you okay? Mm. It's, hey, here's some learning experience by giving you challenging work. None of that stuff costs anything. But by being an organisation that cares about those things and cares about the environment, and again, you don't need to spend anything, you might just have a recycling. It's finding things that are right fit, right size for your organisation that win people's hearts as well as their minds Um, It's not always all about the pay and the incentives and the tech, although they're important, really important factors. It's the people in your organisation that connect to the customers that bring your organisation to life. So you want them to understand what you're about, why you're about that, and how valuable their contribution is to delivering the impact that you're having on the world.
0: That's great, yeah, because I've I've seen it myself so many times, people – fall in love with their idea instead of mm. falling in love with the customer problem. <laughs> so they're like, and then they wonder why no one buys it. It's because yeah. I mean it's great. all about the customer. Yeah. It's all about the customer. And that that's yeah. really
1: But if you don't take care of the people, they're not going to yeah. care about solving the customer problem because they're focused on their own ones.
0: Yeah. And as you say, like caring caring doesn't cost any money. I mean it's free. You know, it's free. So that's really scalable, right? Totally
1: scalable. (laughs) Um, And I think the other thing I'd think about is just right fit for your business. So look Mm. at best practice, look at what all the research says, and then make it right for your organization. And then your best fit becomes best practice for your organization. Right. And I'd get really clear on what's non-negotiable for us in terms of what we stand for as an organization and just play your own game.
0: Right, yeah. So play your own game is the other the other yeah. message, right? Like be like it's almost like you're saying be yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the funniest. So is
1: on lots of levels, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. Exactly. It's one of the funny sayings I heard. I don't know who said it. But someone will correct me for sure, but I, so I won't say who I think it was. But it's like the quote was, "Be yourself. Everyone else is taken." Yes. <laughs> like I can't remember yeah. who it was. Like when I read that, I was like, "Wow!" Because I was sort of following that, you know, like cookie cutter version of what i thought i should be like when i was young a young on you know like young in business i thought i had to be like this i had to do that i had to wear a tie i had to do this i had to do that cookie cutter and what i found out over the years is actually no people want you to be yourself you know because then you're authentic and that's where they can trust you they can't trust a uh, like a cutout version no that's right
1: it's like if you went to an ice cream shop and the only flavor there was vanilla now, some people would think vanilla is – a shot full of vanilla is awesome, right? But yeah. it's the variety and the choice that excites. You know, when children go and they look at all the yeah, yeah. all the colours and the different flavours, you, you need to be your own flavour. It's really good. And I important. am
0: going to do go a, a, I mean, a, a promo for New Zealand because we have a flavour of ice cream here which doesn't exist anywhere else in the world, and it's a weird flavour of ice cream. So if you're listening – and when I tell my American clients this, they all go, ah, um, but <laughs> it's called Hokey Pokey. So Anna, you've got three kids. You and Sean have got three kids and we do. So you tell us what is Hokey Pokey ice cream.
1: <laughs> well it's my it's my youngest son's favourite flavour and yes. it's like a vanilla with chunks of oh what is that stuff called?
0: Like toffee caramel.
1: Toffee. Toffee caramel in it. It's delicious. If you haven't tried it, you need to try hokey pokey. It's uh, legendary in New Zealand. It's
0: <laughs> legend. It's legendary next <laughs> to Pavlova and Lamingtons
1: An L&P. An L&P. and LMP and Winter's chocolate.
0: But you have to come here if you want to learn about that. So yeah, you um, do. Now, also, just before our podcast, your mum came in. Oh she did. <laughs> and we were
1: she busted in.
0: She busted in and we were like you were like, hey mum and, uh, <laughs> and the dog. But but I just love the way that you talked about your mum as being like a a real rock, a real supporter and, and oh. I mean I love that story. So tell us a little bit about your mum.
1: Oh look, I, I am so lucky. I've got phenomenal support behind me and I'm I know that other people don't necessarily have that but I have a mother who would do anything for me and regularly pops in with food. She loves to, she loves to feed, so I have ah, to be ah. careful because it's quite delicious. She's mm-hmm. got a beautiful relationship with my boys, um, and she's just, you know, most importantly, just a massive moral support for me as well mm. and uh, wants me to be happy and to flourish. Uh, so I'm very lucky there, and I also have my husband, we call him the chief adventure officer. So he's oh, full-time cool. looking after the the three boys and he t- he literally takes them on lots of adventures. So he spends a lot of time fixing bikes and tuning skis and figuring out crazy things to do. And, you know, they just built a go-kart and they've been taking all the kids in the street for adventures on that. But I just, I know that I couldn't do what I do without the community of support behind me. And right. that's been one of the big lessons for me as a leader is to be, able to accept help um, Mm. because often as leaders, you know, we're really good at achieving things. And so realising that that community and that support is really important to help us do our best work has been a good lesson for me to learn. Um, So now when people offer help, I say, yes, please. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, Because I also realise that if you say no, you're you're stopping someone else from having an opportunity to flourish and have an impact too. So Mm. it's important to accept that support.
0: Yeah. So look last question and then I'm gonna ask you to tell us what you do and who you wanna who, mm. who you wanna connect with. But last question is, you know, the pandemic's been been very, very challenging and and we've got this thing called the Great Resignation. I mean, you know, what, what are you seeing out there? What are you seeing as the impact of the pandemic beyond, you know, the Great Resignation? People are starting to look in the mirror and say, Is this really what I wanna do? Is this where we really wanna be? And we've we've talked about some great strategies to make sure that you create an environment for them to want to stay. Yeah. Um, but what what else have you seen through this pandemic with your with your leader hat on?
1: It's really challenging, isn't it? Um, mm. A lot of people are really evaluating their lives and thinking about what is important to them. It's also been very challenging commercially for a lot of businesses that have had to shut down. So there's a lot of people under immense pressure. Uh, which makes it very difficult to make sound decisions. Mm. And people in your organisation are watching very closely how you treat them through the pandemic. And so they're making choices about what they want in life, how they want to work, and are challenged around their own purpose um, because it's been really disruptive. So I would strongly encourage people to be thinking about how do you create that real sense of autonomy for people Mm-hmm. And how do you create flexibility and freedom for people? Um, There's a, I think it's a psychologist, Ron Friedman, that I really like. Mm-hmm. One of the things that he talks is about is that people are empowered to make their own decisions at work. They naturally feel more motivated to excel for one simple reason, and that is because autonomy is a basic psychological need. So the more that you can create a sense of autonomy for people to work how... And where and when they want, and understand the value that they're adding, um, mm. I think that will really help to connect in with the great talent. And it just, I'm doing a bit of work, and hopefully we'll have a product ready to release at the end of January to help people retain people in organisations. Because I think, you know, the, rather than focusing on the great resignation, maybe you could focus on what a great opportunity to treat your capability capable people well and mm. figure out how to keep them in your organisation you know it's a good challenge for businesses to think about
0: yeah yeah and and as you say you know it's not about being happy if they do decide to leave but it's about being cheerful that they they're choosing a new path and they're growing and they might they come back and one one of the clients yeah. that I work here really really closely with you know they had a really big downsizing and they they did mm. the right thing when they when they downsized and they had, a, they had a massive downsizing they, was yeah. like a 20, they went down to 25 percent of the original size now that they're growing again those people are coming back because they got treated mm. well all the way it's through. so critical yeah
1: because it's not just the people that you know the, the, the reality is you do some organizations have needed to downsize mm. as you say how you do it's really important because both for the people that are leaving the organisation, as you say, they've they've got some boomerangs that are coming back, terrific. It's also the people that are staying in the organisation, they watch how you're treating the people who are leaving. Mm. And the people who stay can either go through that experience coming out thinking, I can still trust this organisation, I still want to put all of my heart and soul into the work I'm doing, or they can come out of that going, wow, they really didn't treat my colleagues well and I just don't feel safe here anymore. And if you create an environment where people feel safe, they're not going to challenge, they're not going to focus on value, they're going to be heads down and just play it play it safe to try and keep right. their job and they won't make great decisions. So, again, it's commercially sensible to treat people well through difficult situations. You may not be able to avoid the difficult situation, but do it with class.
0: Yeah, do it with class. Love it. Yeah. Okay, so we're sort of coming to the end of time now, and mm-hmm. I got to get. I, I know your mum's bought some treats, so we've got to let you get into those. So, yeah. two things. I mean, how do people get in touch with you? But I mean, first question is because I know you're doing your own thing, you're doing your own yeah. gig now, you're consulting. Who do you want to get in touch with? you? Like, what what sort of people? Is, is it small to medium businesses? Is it large businesses? Is it is it boards, is it advisory roles? I mean, what sort of things do you want to get involved with?
1: Thank you. I I want to get involved with organisations that are committed to change and transformation to orient around the customer and want to do that through their people. So I work, I do work with boards and advisory. I work with small Enterprises that are looking to scale and grow and want okay. that knowledge from a large organization without the bureaucracy, and um, figuring how do we set ourselves up now for that growth trajectory. And then I also work with bigger organisations that maybe don't have the capacity for a C-suite kind of role that want help to set up their strategy and to think through how are they going to do this work. Mm. And I upskill and train the teams to do that. So really, if you're out there wanting to make a difference, it's the challenging work that I'm interested in rather than the um, specific industry.
0: Yeah, and you, you bring myriads of experiences and decades of experience in your in your role and as you say that t-shaped diversity so how do people get in touch with you so where's the best I think place probably the
1: easiest way is um just via linkedin at the moment okay um, feel free to drop me a line it's uh, anna campbell and i will see you on there we'll have a chat and
0: go from yeah. there yeah grab a coffee and see see what comes of it last word of wisdom if you had something to to share besides Mm. try Hokey Pokey ice cream or a lamington or?
1: Fish and chips.
0: Fish and chips. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, yeah. I would say, oh look, I can't stick to one. I'm gonna give you a couple. One is- Go
0: on, break the rules. (laughs) Always
1: be curious, right? I I think one of my favorite mm. sayings is they could be right or I could be wrong here. And so it doesn't mean not holding strong to your views. So I really like the phrase, strong views loosely held. Okay. I think that's a really powerful phrase. So, uh, continually learning and being curious. Uh, the second thing is, a, as a leader, your role is to be the chief reminding of purpose officer. Chief um, <laughs> reminding of purpose
0: officer. It's yeah, a new role. Then,
1: it is, it is, but that's what you're about.
0: What would that be? C R O P O. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, you've got to keep people connected to the bigger picture. And mm. so reminding them of purpose regularly and then letting go of control. Mm. Uh, and my third thing would just be really thoughtful about what's the impact you as a person, the, what is the impact you want to have as a person in the world right. and figure how do you bring that to life through the work that you do. Often we've put all our energy into the organisation and the organization's purpose, but you made the comments before about being authentic. So mm. figuring out, how do you want to have your impact? And then how do I bring that to life to serve both myself, the organization and the customer? Because when you get that triangle going, you have really fantastic results for organizations and for yourself.
0: Beautiful. What a what a great end that, that I'll remember that triangle, you know, the customer, the organization and myself, like bringing that mm-hmm. alive. Hey, Anna, thanks very much for your time and look forward to seeing you again in the new year. Have a really happy holiday season enjoy the beautiful summer we have here in Aotearoa because it's summertime for us and we'll see you in 2022
1: yeah we'll meet for an ice cream
0: (laughs) we will (laughs) have to be vegan
1: (laughs) yeah yeah well it will
0: (laughs) all right ciao for now
1: all right see ya. bye